it's time for us to be real and talk about the state of this basketball team, the state of this franchise. It's time for us to be real about it. I'm going to be real about it in today's episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Per usual, I am your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this on. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's pricepicks.com. Use promo code locked on. So, you guys remember like two weeks ago, I told you guys we were going to be doing something that I have never done during the podcast recording during a game because I was just done watching it and wasn't going to watch it anymore because of how bad they were playing and how badly they were down. Well, we're doing it again, twice in one month. At this point, the game against the Milwaukee Bucks, they're in the third quarter, they're down, they're down by 27. They were once down by 33. They gave up 80, 81, 83 points, 83 points in the first half, 49 points in the first quarter, three points off the, the record for most points scored in the first quarter. This is, I'm not watching the rest of this. Anyone who watches the rest of it, you guys need help. And this game, all this game did was cause me to have to come on here. It's time to be real about the state of this team. And I, look, I may get in trouble for this. I may, you know, I, I may get criticized for this. Some people may not be too happy with this, but at this point, I don't care. Change needs to happen. I don't know if it needs to happen immediately. I don't know if it needs to happen uh, this month, next month, but change needs to happen before next season. And I'm not just talking about roster. I'm talking about coaching staff, roster. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go through it. We're going to go each segment, talk about how badly it is and why changes needs to be made. But first, I want to start with, I just have a question for all of you guys. What has Dwayne Casey done to deserve this undying loyalty that a lot of these, a lot of people within the Pistons community, a lot of the higher ups in the Pistons community, what has Dwayne Casey done since joining the Pistons that has deserved the fan base undying loyalty? What has he done that has warranted no criticism? And if you dare think that the Pistons should make a change, you are wrong, and you don't know what you're talking about. What has he done? What has he done since joining this franchise that has deserved that kind of loyalty? We're not talking about Chuck Daly, Larry Brown, you know, even Flip Saunders, a guy who won playoff games, series, but let's just lower it to games. The Pistons haven't won a playoff game since 2008. I, I just want to – that's the first thing I want to get off, off my chest. What has he done? I'm Listen, and we're going to go through it. It's not all his fault, but I just want to know what has he done to deserve this undying loyalty that these people think that Pistons fans should have for him. He hasn't done anything that deserves that kind of loyalty. I, it, it, it just it makes no sense to me. Boggles my mind that they expect that. That's the first thing I just want to get off my chest. Along with, we're going to talk about their effort in the second segment. But let's just, let's just stay to what we've seen on the floor statistically. Let's just, let's just stay to that. We're going to go offense and defense. So you guys know that Houston Rockets team that everyone's making fun of. And I'm sorry, Houston Rockets fans, if you happen to listen to this, 
I really enjoy the Lockdown Rockets host. I have a lot of friends over in the Rockets community, but it's bad over there. I, I, I've seen you guys lose it over the last few weeks. But you guys know that team over in Houston that everyone's making fun of? Everyone's talking about it's a sinking ship. It's the worst thing we've ever seen. It's terrible. They're not trying on defense. This is, this is like worse than pickup basketball. Like what's going on, blah, blah, blah. All this stuff that everyone's calling is just historically bad. You know that team? Oh, that team has a, def- a better defensive rating than the Detroit Pistons. The Pistons have a worse defensive rating than the Houston Rockets. And that's the team that everyone looks at and says doesn't play defense. It's one of the most historical, worst things we've ever seen in our lives defensively. All that kind of stuff. But yet the Pistons have a worse defensive rating than them. The only team with the worst defensive rating is the San Antonio Spurs. And when the Pistons played the Spurs, the Pistons looked like the team that had the worst defense. So that, 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 just put that into context. That's how bad it is. That's how bad it is. That, that Houston Rockets team, we're worse than that. Pistons are worse than them defensively by 0.9 points, nearly a full point. That's, that's pretty hefty. That's just defensively. And then offensively, you know, I saw this stat on Twitter today. And I thank God I saw it because give me a perfect thing to talk about with how the game has went today. Uh, just to give you guys an update of what it looks like right now, the Pistons are now down 97 to 70. It's not getting any better. Um, so this account, Coast to Coast NBA, it tweets out, best and worst players in ISO plus passes based on points per possession. The Detroit Pistons have two players in the bottom four. Two players. Killian Hayes and Sadiq Bey. Both of them bottom four. The Pistons have two guys that rank in the bottom four. Why is that? Why am I bringing that up? Am I bringing it up to dog on Killian Hayes? Am I bringing that up to dog on Sadiq Bey? No. I'm bringing that up because of this. Let's go ahead and transition over into what the Pistons do as a team in isolation. So the Pistons have two of the worst isolation players in the NBA. I think we've, I think us as a fan base, a lot of people have decided that Sadiq Bey needs to spot up more. He needs to shoot more threes. Isolation just is not his game. I think everyone agrees with that. I think everyone agrees that despite Killing Hayes' big improvement, a lot of that's come off pick and roll, catch and shoot threes, pull up threes. It hasn't come and given him the ball in isolation. That's not what he does. That's not what he does great. And we've sat here on this podcast and we've sat as a community and complained and nonstop talked about how this team lacks any ball movement, especially late in games in the fourth quarter, but just throughout the game. Guys not playing for each other. Guys not passing the ball to open guys. No ball movement, no off-ball movement from players. All that is done. We, we hear about that all the time. We've complained about it all the time. The Detroit Pistons are the fourth, according to Synergy, the Pistons are the fourth worst team in the NBA in isolation. They're the fourth worst team. Only Toronto, Phoenix, and San Antonio are worse. The Pistons are the fourth worst isolation team in the NBA. You wonder what makes that even worse? Despite being the fourth worst isolation team in the entire NBA, the Detroit Pistons are 13th in the NBA. Most isolations ran per game. And I don't even think that Synergy tracks the pick and rolls that end up in isos either. So they're probably even higher. I don't think they count those. I'm pretty sure that there's going to be a lot of pick and rolls where they go into a pick and roll. It's not there. Then they just drag it back out and they go ISO. I don't think they count those ones. But despite that, the Pistons are 13th in the NBA in isolations ran per game. According to Synergy. Despite the fact that they're the fourth worst team in the NBA in isolations. So we're going to get to effort later on. We're going to get to effort in this next segment. But screw the effort. 
It's been five years now of Dwayne Casey being the head coach of this team. He was brought in to deliver this team some playoff success. Success. My apologies for stumbling right there. He had Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, ready. Blake Griffin had probably his best year of his career. What did he do with Blake Griffin? A lot of us would say he ran him into the ground. Blake is playing with one leg now. His career ended way too early. A lot of people would say because you just ran Blake into the ground and asked him to do way too much, specifically in isolation, asked him to carry the team. Team, by the way, didn't win any playoff games that year, so the streak kept going. Next year, bad. Now they enter a rebuild. And now we're in the third year of a rebuild. Some players have taken a step backwards. The effort is getting worse. And and again, let's just throw the effort to the side. You can sit here and you can question what makes sense schematically. What, what, what is making sense on the court? The team is not good, okay? No, let's not confuse that. The team's not good. They're not great. They lack talent. We know that. But schematically, are they being put in the best positions to succeed? Are they? They're the fourth worst isolation team in the NBA, but yet they run at the 13th most in the NBA. What kind of sense does that make? They don't move the ball. They don't have any action offensively. They don't have a set structured offense. All of this is ISO, ISO, ISO. Guys don't play. There's been so many times this year that we've questioned whether guys play for each other because they don't pass the ball to open players or we don't get off ball movement. We don't get none of that stuff. We just get a bunch of isolations. So you have schematic issues that are legitimate questions offensively. And then defensively, a team in the Houston Rockets, which everyone's thinking is the worst thing we've ever seen in the NBA. Oh, fire Steven Silas. He shouldn't make it to the end of the year. Blah, 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 blah. All that stuff defensively. But yet the Pistons are worse than them defensively. So um, excuse me, elitist of the Pistons community. It, it, excuse me if I think that it's right for some people to say, hmm, what has Dwayne Casey really done to deserve this loyalty? Hmm, what, what has Dwayne Casey really done that's all that great to deserve Pistons fans not to question a damn thing he does? He hasn't done anything to deserve that. Now, I'm not asking for the man to lose his job tomorrow. I'm not asking for the man to lose his job tonight, next week. But... To sit here and act like that's not something that should be talked about with what I just brought to the table and we haven't even gotten to the effort of the guys? It's lunacy. It's crazy and, and it's lunacy. I, 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 it, it's, it's, it's the amount of gall and disrespect you got to have for people who watch the Pistons and, and, and do content on the Pistons and fans that watch and try to watch every night to sit there and say to them, how dare you question Dwayne Casey? You should be loyal to this man. You shouldn't be questioning his job. He's doing a great, good job, like all that stuff. The amount of disrespect and gall you got to have to do that is off the charts. It's off the charts. And the numbers I just presented to you show why. Show why. When we come back, by the way, just to give an update for you guys, 103.76 is the score. I guess the Bucks may not break the all-time scoring record within a game, but it doesn't look like the Pistons are going to make this any bit closer. When we come back, we're going to talk about the effort of the team, something that's also been in question over the last month, I'd say. But first, I got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Price Picks. So let's go ahead and give you an example. God, please help me, but I'm going to use the Pistons as an example. The Pistons play tonight. Let's say you, for some reason, want to take the under of Beyonce's points tonight against the Pistons, but also want to take, let's say, the over in one of the playoff football games this weekend. You want to put them in the exact same slip the exact same uh, a set. You can do that over at Price Picks, and that's why it's one of my favorite daily fantasy options. You pick two to six players to see if they score more or less than their Price Picks projection. You can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. 
PriceFix offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. Yes, apparently there is more than just that. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's just that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals currently operational over 30 states and Canada. Download the PriceFix app. Go to pricefix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports today. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PriceFix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PriceFix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100 at pricepicks.com. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons, hit that subscribe button, or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. It's sickening, guys. It's it's sickening. This is unacceptable. It, this is unacceptable. And we're going to get into the effort real quick. But before I even get back into the effort of the team and, and the players and, and, and the effort of the players we've seen, it, it I want to make this known. The team is not good. They don't have a ton of talent on the team. They don't. They have a bunch of young guys. I told you guys all off season, this was going to be a struggle this year. It, they were not going to win many games this year. But if you guys remember in the offseason, and if you remember any of the years that Dwayne Casey's been the head coach of this basketball team for the Pistons, his main selling point, the main selling point that Pistons fans have been fed by ownership, by whoever's been in the front office, by beat writers, by those who cover the team, the biggest selling point for Dwayne Casey has always been guys will play hard for him, guys will buy in, they want to play for him, and you'll never question the effort of these guys playing for Dwayne Casey. They always say, you can question some of the other stuff. Oh, some of the other stuff, okay, whatever. But those things right there, you will never question that. You should never question that. Dwayne Casey will get that out of them. And for a long time, that was true. That was true. Going back to last year, guys played hard. They did. Never questioned that. I don't feel like at least last year. Years before that, I don't think you you could do that either. Years before. However, this year, there has been numerous occasions, especially in the past month, where you have questioned it, I have questioned this, you guys have questioned this on numerous occasions. So, riddle me this. All the stuff I brought up in that first segment, the offense, schematically, not making sense, not playing to players' strengths as a young team, putting them in bad positions, putting them in, 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 in worse positions to succeed. Defensively. Being that bad defensively. Combined. If you combine that with the fact that the head coach, his biggest selling point is now also not working. I mean, I, I mean I'd like to speak to those who think it is. If, if someone thinks that we haven't seen a lack of effort, that we haven't seen lack of attention to detail, that we haven't seen effort on defense. If, if, if someone out there believes that we've seen all those things and that we, people like me are wrong for saying that we've questioned that, I'd love to see them. Someone someone hit me up if you guys think I'm wrong with that. If there's someone out there that possibly could watch this team, how, how, how I have every single game. If there's someone out there that can question that and think I'm wrong, please step forward and talk to me. 
I'd love to see who it is. But anyway, my point is, all the stuff I previously brought up, and that now his biggest selling point also is being questioned? What is there now? What 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 is there right now to to hang on to? What what should Pistons fans should what should Pistons fans feel like? What should they be thinking when someone says, "Is Dwayne Casey the right coach for this basketball team?" What should they be thinking? Because they can't say the offense has been good. You can't say that you've gotten better offense out of the team. You can't damn sure can't say you've gotten the best out of them defensively. And now you now there's question of whether you're getting the most effort out of them. So what can you point to? What can you point to? And this is my this is the this is the funniest thing to me. This is the funniest thing about all this. And by the way, just to give you guys another quick update. The score is now 111 to 88. So only 23 points. I'm gonna keep it a buck with you guys. I don't care if if the Pistons were to somehow pull off a, a crazy comeback and win this game, it don't matter. It don't matter. All this is still true. All this, all this would still still be be 100 true because the only reason why the Pistons aren't getting blown up by 60 points in this game is because Boyan has 31 points. That's literally the only reason. And Boyan's probably going to be traded in a few weeks. So like, that don't matter to me. But that just give you guys that quick update. The funniest thing to me about all this: Pistons go to France, they go to Paris, fight the most hyped up game of their se- no, not probably the most hyped up game of their season. We have everybody saying after the game, oh, you know, travel, that's a big reason why. Oh, you know, they were probably, you know, walking around Paris, you know, having fun, weren't focused on the game. Oh, they were looking forward to after the game to get back out in Paris. Like we have all these excuses for why it looked like they didn't have a lot of effort or why they didn't look like they were trying as much. We have all those excuses for why the team didn't look like they were completely focused on the game. We have all those reasons. You then go back to the Philadelphia 76ers game on the 10th. You have all these excuses. Oh, is Joel Embiid, you're going against a good team. All these excuses for why the Pistons let up 147 points in the game. All these excuses for that. You then go back all the way to a game against the San Antonio Spurs that we just talked about in the first game, January 6th. Oh, all these excuses. Oh, you know, they were just weren't that focused. Guys were just, you know, they, they weren't into it. You go all the way to the Trailblazers game. Oh, you know, it's the same stuff over and over and over again. Go back to the Bulls game in the 30th. Oh, they're not trying defensively. Their wing defense isn't good. They're not trying the hard enough. Dwayne, uh, not Dwayne Casey, but Zach Levine had damn near 500 points in the first quarter. You know, it is what it is. We have all the, we, we've said this how many times now? Over and over and over and over and over now. And through all of that, everyone's criticizing the play, players. Everyone criticizes the players. Killian Hayes got destroyed. He's he played a good. He's been really good for two months. Had probably his worst game of the uh, at least since the first ten games in in Paris. He got lit up for the past week. He was lit up by the fan base. He was lit up. Sadiq Bay. He's been lit up by the fan base. I've lit Sadiq Bay up on the podcast before this year. Jane Ivy as a rookie. Even he's been lit up. Isaiah Stewart. He's been lit up. Hamadou Diallo, he's been lit up. Every player here has been lit up at various points in this season for their effort, for their offense, for their defense, all this stuff. They've been lit up for all that at various points this year. 
So we can do that. That's okay. You can go at the players. The players can receive all the criticism. The players can get, you can criticize the players and light them up as much as you want. But as soon as you think about criticizing the head coach, as soon as you think, huh, maybe the head coach, maybe, you know, the guys ain't that great, but maybe the head coach isn't putting him in the best position. Maybe the head coach isn't all, isn't doing his best job either. Yeah, the, be- the, the players are young. Yeah, they're struggling. They deserve some criticism because they're struggling. But maybe the head coach also deserves some criticism. As soon as you start to do that and bring up the stuff I brought up in that first segment, and then you bring up the effort, and you start talking about all those things combined, now you get the whole, oh, no, it's a, it's a rebuilding year. How, how dare you? You guys couldn't stomach. You, got, you can't stomach a rebuild. All the, you, you get all that kind of stuff. That, that's what you get. And I was one of those people who have said, I don't think Pistons fans could stomach the rebuild. But this right here is not the fact that you can't stomach a rebuild. This is fair. This is, this is, you, there's a difference between losing. If you remember, the, before the year in the offseason, I, I thought the Pistons would lose a lot of their games because they, they'd compete hard throughout the whole game. They'd play hard. And then they would just lose it in the fourth quarter because they're young. They don't know how to close games. And has that happened? Yeah, it's happened on a few games. But there's been way too many games where they've been just straight up blitzed by like 40 points, have given up 140 points, 150 points, 135 points, and just gotten utterly destroyed and blitzed out the stadium where it looks like they're not trying. They don't have effort defensively. You have Dave Bink currently on the broadcast talking about this team doesn't know how to play defense. Looks like they don't know what defense is. If that doesn't scream troublesome to you, if that doesn't scream, oh, there's something something wrong here. We need Something needs to change. If that doesn't say it to you, if we're just going to blame everything, all that on the players, then power to you. The players deserve some criticism too, yes. But the, that doesn't mean that everyone else should escape criticism. And damn it, I think they should get just as much, if not more, criticism. It, it's bad. It's bad around here. It is what it is. So when we come back, man, give you guys another update for the game at this point of me recording. The game is a 23-point game at the end of the third quarter. Bucks have 114, Pistons have 91. Pistons gave gave up only 31 points in that quarter, so I guess that that's good. But anyways, when we come back, it's time to be real, not just about the coaching staff, but just about everything with this team. We're going to move past the coaching staff for a second. We're going to move on to the roster. We're going to talk about that when we come back. But first, I got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, our new sponsor, FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Lockdown because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. 
I so I know that I've basically lit up the coaching staff in this in this podcast, and yeah, I have, I have, I won't, I won't dodge that. I have done that, but I think at this point in the season, on January twenty third, when I'm recording this, it's okay to start talking about something else as well. Pistons fans, you guys all believe that this team is going to be making a jump next year. That that next year is the year that they're going to be pushing for playoffs. That they're going to be in the playoffs. That that's next year. It's coming. It's time to be real. It's time for me to be real with y'all. If that is the case, if if that's what they're going to be doing, and, and, and you want that to happen, you want that to happen, you think that is what's going to happen? It's not happening with this roster. It's not happening with half these guys in this roster. It's not happening with 75% of the people on this roster. It's not. It's not going to happen. Now, you can come back into next year with a lot of these guys in the roster and make some improvements, but you're not making the playoffs. You're not making the playoffs with this roster, with, with half this roster. It's not happening. So if you're one of the Pistons fans who believe that next year is the year they jump to the playoffs, I, I hope you're assuming that some of these, most of these guys are gone because you ain't, the Pistons ain't making the playoffs with this. Next year it ain't happening. It's not going to happen. For those who think that Cade Cunningham coming back solves everything. No, Cade's not coming back and solving all this and jumping this team to a playoff team. Cade may jump, come back and jump this team if he just took this roster, if he was playing. Maybe jumps this team maybe one spot higher in the East. Maybe. Like, this team is bad. This roster is bad. They ain't doing it with this roster. It's time to start being real about who's going to be on this roster next year. It's time to be real. If your goal, and again, if your goal is not to make the playoffs next year, your goal is not to make the play-in next year, you want another year to develop and get another top pick or something, if that's what one of you out there, that's what you want, then yeah, sure, you could do that with about 75% of this roster. You can do that. But if your goal is to make the play-in next year, if your goal is to try to make the playoffs next year, it's not happening. It's not happening with Rodney Magruder on the roster. It's not happening with Kevin Knox on the roster, Corey Joseph, Buddy Boheim, Hamadou Diallo, Marvin Bagley. It's not happening with those guys. It's not happening with the combination of Boyan Bogdanovich and Sadiq Bey as your wing players. It's not happening. You're going to have the worst defense in the league again. Both those guys are awful defensively. It's not happening. It's not happening. It's got to a point where, and I think you guys heard this when we did the crossover with the Bulls last episode or a few episodes ago. I, I don't think that you can do that with Sadiq Bey. As your starter, that's not going to happen. Look, and look, this is just time. It's time if if this is what Pistons fans want. They want this team to make the playoffs next year. Unless you see insane jumps across the board, which everyone thought the same this past offseason. I said you're not going to see insane jumps from every single player. It's just not realistic. Unless you think you're going to see insane jumps from every player, it's not going to happen. If you're starting Sadiq Bay next year, you're probably not making the playoffs unless he makes some insane jump. It's time to be real. A guy shooting 40% from the field, 33% from deep, at the wing position, being as bad as he is defensively, that's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen if you're trying to make the playoffs. Now, if you're trying to give him another year to develop and try to get better, yeah, you can do that. But if you're trying to make the playoffs, that's not going to happen. If Killian Hayes is your starting guard, and I believe in Killian Hayes. I believe in Killian Hayes. I think Killian Hayes has a really high ceiling. I still believe in it. And would I be okay with starring Killian Hayes? Me, me. Would I be okay starring Killian Hayes next year? Yeah, because I think he could make a really big jump next year. I do, I do. 
But outside of Killian stands and Killian believers, most people, most people, and they would not be wrong. If you're starting Killian Hayes next year, you're not making the playoffs unless he makes some drastic jump as a finisher around the rim and drawing free throws. You're not making the playoffs. He has to be your backup. If you're starting Isaiah Stewart as your starting four, you're probably not making the playoffs. He needs to be your backup. Like, I think that's what, I, I, at this point in the season, I remember, I told you guys before the year, the main point of this season was to find out who's going to be on this team next year, who needs to be on this team with K when they try to make this jump, who fits around them, and who needs to be replaced. I think damn near 90% of this roster has shown that they need to be replaced. And if they do, if they do not trade Boyan, they want Boyan to come back next year, you better have a defensive, uh, defensive damn wing next to him. You better have a damn good one, athletic long one. Because if you're starting Boyan, your defense is going to be trash. That's just the simple, the simple facts about it. And I think what people need to understand too about this is that shooting is not as much of a premium as it was 10 years ago. There's a lot of people who can shoot the basketball now. Now it's more about the fact of finding someone who can shoot the basketball while also playing defense and can do some other stuff offensively to connect to offense. Just shooting is not enough. So if you're bringing back Bojan, you better have a legit wing defender next to him that can switch one through four. So, look, we talked about the coaching staff. Changes need to be made there. The roster also needs hella changes if this team actually just trying to make the playoffs next year. In this offseason, hella changes need to be made. Hella changes need to be made. And that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that Killian Hayes can't prove that wrong and, and, and prove to be the starter. It doesn't mean that Isaiah Stewart can't come out of nowhere and, and prove everyone wrong that he can can be the starting big on a on a playoff team. Doesn't mean that can't happen. But I don't know how any of us, I don't think any of us are watching this year. At this point, if you're being realistic with yourself and looking at how the East is and saying, yeah, we can just bring back these six guys and just add little tiny pieces around them. We'll be, we'll be a top eight team. No, like it's not, you gotta be real. We gotta be real with ourselves at this point. You have to be, we, we just gotta stop hiding stuff. We gotta stop being around the bush. We gotta stop lying to ourselves. If the goal is to make the playoffs next year, I think you've gotten a lot of answers about who needs to be replaced and what role they need to be in moving forward. If they're going to be on that team. I think we've gotten a lot of answers for that, and we're only in January. We still got two to three months to go, but I think we've already gotten those answers. So, look, this is a this is a ranting. I, I ranted a lot on this podcast because this is un, this is just unacceptable. By the way, the Pistons are down down by thirty now in this game. There's eight minutes left. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing, and you know what? This is actually to be the last thing I leave off for those of you guys who have lasted this long. I know the Pistons haven't won a playoff game since 2008. But this is a, a damn proud franchise. This is not the set. And look, this is not a shot at them, but come on. This is not the Sacramento Kings. The Detroit Pistons are one of the best franchises in the entire NBA history. They have three NBA championships. They won a championship, at least, you know what? Actually, not no more. They've skipped the 10s and they're probably going to skip the 20s. But before the 10s and 20s, they had won a championship in each decade. This is a proud damn. They have some of the greatest players in NBA history on this team, in this franchise. This kind of, this kind of stuff, it should not be accepted. It shouldn't. It, this is not any other franchise. This is not any other franchise. And again, I, this is a rebuild year. I was fine with losing 
But how they're losing now to the embarrassing fashion, I didn't even get to talk about it. The podcast was running too long, so I didn't even get to talk about that. But the fact that they have, on multiple occasions, we've talked about them being demonstrative with each other on the court. Openly, it looked like the Stu and Ivy have at least, you know, went, went at each other in games multiple times. These guys have been demonstrative in game. Body language hasn't looked good. All that stuff, all of this combined that we've talked about on this podcast, I, I, look, you can rebuild the right way. You can lose the right way within a season, organically. You can do that. But this isn't right, and this ain't the Pistons franchise. People trying to tell you to be okay with this. People trying to tell you guys this is normal. The hell it is. We ain't the Sacramento Kings. We're the Detroit damn Pistons. We have three NBA banners hanging in our arena. This shit ain't okay. It isn't. And don't let nobody tell you it is. It's okay to lose. It's okay to rebuild. If you're doing it the right way, we're seeing development. You're playing hard every game. This isn't Detroit Pistons basketball. And anyone trying to tell you it is and you should be okay with it, it's damn insane. And they don't know a damn thing about Detroit Pistons basketball or its history. Get the hell on somewhere with that. It's crazy. Thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. Free and available on your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. I'm Koo. Thank you guys for listening. This is It's a tough season, y'all, but we're, we're going to get through it, hopefully. We're going to get through it. I'll see you guys in the next one. Stay safe, everybody. Go Pistons, man. But till next time, I'll see you later. Peace out. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently, so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done.